Okay, okay. So you've heard that we need to have limits around social media, that we need to create boundaries around how much screen time, how long we should be looking at our phones all day. Like we hear that all the time, that it's not good for us. And maybe you even talk about that with your kids. But here's the real question. How? How do we do that? What does that even look like from a realistic standpoint when we're getting messages all day long, when we have friends and family that we want to connect with on Instagram or on Facebook? And we want to stay connected and up to date with what's going on in the online space, but we don't want it to run our lives. Well, today's guest is Arlene Pelicane, and she is an expert in this area. And she's going to be giving us the how. She's going to be sharing really practical ways for us to stay connected without feeling like the online world is running our lives. So if you feel like you've been a slave to your phone or you want to break that habit of having to check your email or social accounts all day long, then you've got to listen to today's episode. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful inspiration to help you step out of stress and overwhelm and into a balanced life full of peace, purpose, and meaning, the full vibrant life that God has planned for you. So find a cozy spot and let's get started on today's episode. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and as a life coach for women, I'm here to empower you to cultivate life balance, to clarify your purpose, and to help you create and crush your goals so that you can live that vibrant life that God has called you to. So today we're talking about boundaries, how to create a lifestyle that supports this online world that we live in without draining us from um, the energy drainers that being online and, and being on social media can sometimes be in our lives. And so I've invited my friend Arlene Pelican in to speak with us today. And Arlene is the author of several books on this topic, one of them being Calm, Cool, and Connected, Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life. And she also co-authored the book Growing Up Social, with Gary Chapman. So Arlene is, like I said, a friend of mine, and she's a great speaker for women and encourager for parents. And so I'm excited to share this conversation with her, with you. Now, I also encourage you as we're listening to think about what are the one or two things that you can use, one of the ideas that she suggests here that you can use to apply in your life here. I don't encourage you to try to take all this on at once, but think of one or two things and then you know, email me or just hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram at at Vibrant Christian Living. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about practical ways that we can welcome these habits in. All right, here's our conversation with Arlene. Hey, Arlene, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with us. It is fun to be able to chat together. Yes. Well, I know that we have known each other for several years, but I feel like we haven't touched base except for maybe a few times. I think mainly through um, Pam Farrell was how we knew each other. Yes. It's Pam Farrell is the speaker and author who is a major connector. She's so good at connecting people. And it is proximity. You and I don't live that close to each other. Right. But we, we get together we, more because we we're in San Diego, in Diego but yeah. you know, it's like, the, it doesn't make any sense. You're at the top and I'm at the bottom. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, I think we're at opposite ends of San Diego. So that's part of it. But I do remember, do you remember that night we went to that um, women in media event? I do. To LA. I we do. Like chatting in the car forever. <laughs> you're like, girl, no. I'm giving you my secrets here. It was ah. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
That was so awesome. So anyway, I'm just excited, everyone, for you guys to meet my friend Arlene and for us to talk about this topic today. And it's something that is incredibly important because it affects us so powerfully. But it's something that we don't really know what to do with. I mean, I think a lot of us, we talk about media, we talk about how to handle our phones, but how many of us actually know what to do with that information? Because we we know it's, we need to have control, but we don't know what to do. So Arlene is going to share with us some powerful tips. And we're just going to be real today as we talk about the power of social media, the power of our phones, and how to have a calm, cool, and connected life as her book talks about. So... Um, I want to start our conversation out first by just talking about, you know, the positive side of these wonderful little devices that we have, smartphones and the online space and all this, because this is, you know, there really are so many good things, right? I mean, we we don't want to throw our phones in the trash. We don't want to like get rid of them. And I love that that's not the focus of your message in this book. And it's not the focus of what you talk about that we have to do, right? So, so just kind of in that spirit, what what do you love about the online world? And what are your some of your favorite ways to use it or your favorite aspects of it? Let's just say Google Maps. That's all I need to say. So it's like, how did we ever find anything before this? So I will say, so the upside is obviously, hey, I can put this in and I can find it. So GPS is absolutely amazing. But I will say the downside of that is you take away the GPS, even though we've been there 10 times, I can't get there on my own because, you know, so anyway, I'm sorry. So I'm putting the downside in the upside, but GPS, definitely. Uh, I think of WhatsApp and uh, just that app to be able to talk to my relatives in Indonesia and send them photographs and for them to comment back. And that's all free. That's kind of cool. My kids, when they were younger, loved Adventures in Odyssey. So I would have the Adventures in Odyssey app on my phone. And then we would listen to radio theater in the car. And I love that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So that's some, those are some of my favorite uses, I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on the maps thing. And especially now that I have a teen son who drives, I'm like, use your Google Maps. Like, and, and and the kids are just like, of course, like, why wouldn't I? But I remember back in the day we had, what were those books called? The Thomas Brothers. The Thomas Brothers. Yes. Yes. And we would have to flip those things out and look and, you know, yeah. So that's definitely. had to be a lot smarter then because the pages (laughs) wouldn't connect. So you'd have to figure out like what section of town am I in and what number page is that? So yeah. That would be a great challenge sometimes and and all of this. And then we just, we don't have to be as smart in general now because we can, we don't have to remember all these facts. We can just look it up. I mean, it's all right there. So that's, that's huge. And in fact, I was trying to tell my kids the other day, I'm like, you know, you guys have never lived in a world where we can't just like put it in our phone and find out the answer. Like we're (laughs) going to a concert in a couple of weeks and I'm just like, I wonder who's opening for them. And I like typed it. I'm like, Hey, here's the song list. Hey, that's amazing. So yeah, definitely some upsides. But um, actually I heard someone recently when they're talking about um, the digital world and specifically social media, she was talking about it being like fire. And I, this really resonated with me because I thought that's exactly what it is that fire is beautiful to look at. You know, it can bring us warmth when we're cold. It can heat our food, but fire can also destroy and it can demolish like with wildfires. And so she was saying like, you know, 
fire is the same fire in both scenarios, but the only difference is that fire is helpful when it's within specific boundaries. Mm-hmm. So share more about that and your take on how that is or could be a powerful metaphor for how we can use our relationship with the digital world. Yeah, I'm going to go two ways on this. So the first way is, yes, this is a, a very good analogy because when the fire is used with a purpose in mind, mm-hmm. it works. So mm-hmm. we are going to put it in our fireplace and we're going to look at it and it's in control and that was beautiful. Yeah. Or we are going to burn down this field because it needs to be replenished and the soil needs to be replenished and we're going to do that on purpose. Right. So that works. And when you use social media, when you use these tools with a purpose, I'm going to put out this message or that's a positive message or I'm going to connect with this friend that I haven't seen in 10 years and schedule a lunch with her. Right. You know, that has a purpose. And then that's like, oh, this was great. But what often happens is, oh my goodness, it started in the fireplace and it's so <laughs> nice. But now, oh no, the curtains are on fire. <laughs> Everything. Everything's on fire. And and that's when we are on. And then it's like, oh, let's look at this. Oh, those are great shoes. I should buy shoes. Oh, I need new curtains. Those curtains are so amazing. Oh my goodness. I can't believe she has a thousand followers. How is this possible? I'm so jealous. Yes. So then the yes. fire is spreading all over the place. So it's really <laughs> that idea of being intentional of this is the purpose of my social media use. And then if you're a parent teaching your child, like you also can have a purpose for your social media use. Now, so on the flip side, so that's fire and it just needs its place. Now, but on the other hand, where this analogy goes a little bit awry is that technology like social media, the people who've created it, they've designed it to be like that more destructive fire. (laughs) So they've kind of put some, some traps in there so that it's much more likely that you will find those dangerous places because, you know, they're, they want your eyes on the phone. They want your eyes on the phone for advertising, for business revenue, for their stock price, anything. You know, there was just an article in the Wall Street Journal talking about the amount of kids. I can't remember the percentage right now, but you know, 40% of kids that are with their phones and they're checking them in the middle of the night and it's hurting their sleep cycle. And many times what they're doing is they're checking their social media feeds. And like, why would someone do that? Like, why would you rouse (laughs) from sleep, which I love, at one o'clock in the morning and be like, I wonder what's on my feed right now. Let me just scroll through (sighs) if anyone's talked about me to see if anybody's like commented on my photo. And it's because, you know, psychologists and brain scientists and very smart people have engineered the social media to make us wonder what's going on there. You know, they did this experiment. Um, They've done it with pigeons where they give the pigeon a reward every time it pecks. So it pecks, it gets reward. Okay. But then in another pigeon, what they did is sometimes when they pecked, they got an reward, but then sometimes when they pecked, they didn't. So it was unpredictable. And they found that the pigeon loves the unpredictable. Like you would think like, go to the one that always gives you a little food. That way, you know exactly what you're getting. But instead, the pigeon always goes much more like in terms of time. They love that intermittent thing because something in their brain says, wow, that's fun. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Let's do this. Hmm. And that's what social media is. You go on it. You're not sure. Like, has anyone been here? Has anything changed in the landscape? Did I get a new friend or follower? Did someone comment on my photo? What's happening? It's always changing. Sometimes you get a reward. Sometimes you don't. You know, and we just keep coming back. So just to realize that fire 
of social media, it is wired to draw you in. It's created that way. Yeah. And that you mentioned something that is so critical to talk about here, and that is the literal brain chemical effect that happens when we get a like or when we get a comment. That that dopamine response yeah. that happens that just triggers it that keeps us coming back. Like you said, that we don't always get it, but when we do, we're like, oh, and it's it's we see it in our email. You know, if we get a response to an email, or it, it's just like we are without even realizing it, we are craving this, and our bodies are 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 working with these social media right. outlets to create just this ongoing need to check, to look, to know, to be connected. And it's almost, it almost would be a good experiment to picture yourself when you're on social media, getting like a little drip of dopamine to your brain, like physically yeah. pretend like boop, 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 yeah. and put a little bubble over your head and be like, yeah. oh, look, I'm getting my little dopamine so that you realize, okay, this is awakening the pleasure centers of my brain, which is okay. Sure. And so, okay, oh, I'm excited about this. Great. But what happens is that's only supposed to happen occasionally. Mm, so okay. we're only supposed to go to Disneyland once in a while. We're not supposed to like <laughs> live there every day, like Splash Mountain every day. We're not supposed yeah. to do that. Our brains aren't <laughs> wired for that. Sure. So when we see ourselves constantly checking throughout the day, you know, you're standing in the grocery line, checking. You're in your car. It's the red light. Checking. You're home, but you're kind of bored. So checking. All those times, that little dopamine thing, just picture it on top of your head and then say to yourself, wait a minute, like I don't want to overload myself. Because what they say is when you overload that dopamine, then it's harder for you to feel pleasure because you've just overloaded that so much. So, you know, if you live a very simple life technologically and you go outside and you see a flower, you're like, wow, isn't that beautiful, right? And you're like, that's really pretty. You could do that. But if you live this really high-tech life where there's dopamine flowing through you all day long, you know, just think of a 10-year-old boy <laughs> looking mm-hmm. on a, at a flower mm-hmm. and he's not going to be like, that was interesting, mom. You know, yeah, yeah. so it's just this idea that, hey, there is something happening in your brain and do be aware of that. Gosh, yeah, that's so true. And that's the problem is that we're not aware of it. And then, of course, as that happens, just how it can breed so many other things internally that we don't even share with other people. People don't really hear all the voices in our head that go on, like mm-hmm. um, feelings of not being enough or um, just comparing, like you had said before, well, why does she? Oh, that's interesting. She has thousand followers. How'd that happen? You know, um, and how have you just personally, how have you seen this come up in your life? And what do you do to try to combat that? Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, I am an author and a speaker. So this whole social media thing for me is more, how can I connect with people? How can they find my work? Blah, 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 like this, right? Right. So for a long time, especially since I write about technology and I write about limiting technology with your kids, I'm like, I don't want to be on technology all day long. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's it's anti-message, right? Yeah. yeah. So I did not join Instagram forever and ever and ever. And people say, oh, you need to be on Instagram. you know. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to spend all this time. Yeah. Well, as I see whatever the landscape changing, then I realize, okay, there's a lot of people now on Instagram. And you know, if you want to reach someone younger, you're not necessarily going to reach them on Facebook, you know, things mm-hmm. like this. So I started doing Instagram probably just a few months ago. So I'm a very recent, you know, I'm a little Instagram (laughs) newbie, you know. I was just looking at your feet today. Yes. So newbie. So I'm learning. So basically, you know, when I started that, it's like, oh my goodness. Like, look at these, my contemporaries, right? My fellow authors, my fellow speakers, and they have like, 
10,000 mm-hmm. or 1.5 million mm-hmm. or 300,000. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness, it's overwhelming. And when it comes to that place, and we all do it, whether we're comparing a platform size, whether we're comparing like, Oh my word, look at her hair looks so beautiful, or her kids have so many awards or whatever it is we're comparing that we just have to have for me, like to re- recalibrate, mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, what is this about? This is not about me comparing. And, and actually, what I try to do is try to learn from it. Like instead of comparing, oh, I wish that I had so many followers or I wish I had that to think, oh, well, what can I learn? What is she doing in her feed that's so interesting? Yeah. And it turns it into something more positive instead of, oh, I'm nothing compared to her, you know, whatever. It gives us more of a humility of saying, hey, let me learn something here. And I really do think that if we approach social media, either as a learner or an encourager, Hmm. that that kind of changes that, that it's not all about, am I liked? Am I this? Am I that? But hey, what could I learn here? Because there's certainly people on these platforms that know a whole lot more about what it is I'm interested in, right? So what can I learn? But do it out of a process of, hey, I want to learn how to pair shoes with outfits, you know, versus, oh, she's so much better than me, or I can't believe it, you know. So there, it is a thin line of when you pass over that. But I think for me, checking that attitude of, you know what, I'm here for a specific purpose. I want to post something that's uplifting or maybe thought provoking. I want to share a little bit about myself so that people feel like I'm a real person and not just like this faceless author. So that's my purpose. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm not going to worry per se about the numbers that follow or the numbers because it's just that's not going to be the barometer of success. Right. Yeah. Two words that you shared there really stuck out. I mean, learner and encourager. And I have to tell you, I don't know if you know my backstory on Instagram, but I have... Um, well, I kind of walked away from Facebook, Instagram, all of it about a year and a half ago. I was just yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to feel that pull of I have to say something or, you know, I have to be on there. I have to share this about my family. I just don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. But as you said, as you know, we are trying to create and encourage people in all kinds of areas. And and to do that, we need to go to where the, the, the voices are being spoken. And that is social media. And so... I have been just doing a lot of, I mean, a lot of mental work in this area for me because it sounds crazy. But again, I feel like I go on Instagram and I get all of those, all the things like the, the, uh, the not being enough, anxiety, all the questions and all of that, which I think a lot of us feel. But what has changed it for me is, and I'm beginning to reawaken my Instagram account is that I realized I want to build community. I want to talk to the, la- the ladies like you listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to, communicate and share with you. And so I've gone back to how can I encourage and what can I learn about the the ladies that I interact with and the ladies I want to share with and and how can I be that voice, that light in their life? How can I build community? And to try to do my best to put blinders on all the rest of those things. And when they come up, like you said, be super honest with myself. Like this is what's going on in your head. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to play with that thought? Or are you going to let it go? What's the truth here? What does God's word say about you? You know, all those things. Right. But I think just if we can be aware of that, it really makes such a difference. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Okay. So then let's ask, let me ask you this question. What are you, what do you usually see as warning signs 
in, in us or in people yeah. that we might need to set up some boundaries, whether maybe yeah. seeing it just in, in other women or maybe in your own kids or in yourself. What are some of those basic warning signs we can look out for? I think of three. One is your productivity. Uh, I think that what ends up happening is we get super distracted. Like we think we're at work, but we're like wasting time, right? We think we are so busy, but if we would just cut out a few things, we get a project done. So just like how is social media, how is the online world impacting your productivity? Whether that is I'm a stay-at-home mom, whether it's I'm a homeschooling mom, whether it's I'm a, I go out and work mom or I work from home, wherever you're at, just kind of ask yourself honestly, because I think like, oh, I'm so good at it. But then I look at myself and I'm like, you waste a lot of time. <laughs> you know, like when it's time to write an article, I don't want to write an article. I'll be like, oh, let me just check my daughter's schedule. You know, it's like you like do a something. Distractor. It's, it's just, just like, so much more exciting. It's like, so yeah. easy to be distracted. So, yeah. so one is really just asking how productive am I? Can I get a task done without interrupting myself? You know, and look at us. We're not being interrupted by people. We are interrupting ourselves by, you know, kind of going to different places because it's so easy now. So check your productivity. And then I would check your personal relationships. You know, is there someone in your life, a best friend, a mom, a, you know, a child that's like, um, hello, if you could look at me while you're speaking, that would be fabulous. You know, yeah. is there someone in your life that is either saying to you, I need more of your attention. I don't feel like I have enough of your time. Now, a lot of times our children or our spouse or whoever will not say that because they're waiting for you to figure it out on your own, right? And they don't want to appear needy. And so then it's your job to ask, to ask your you know, spouse, ask your child, hey, do you ever feel like I'm looking at my phone too much? And then just be ready for that honest response. I think a one-on-one -on -one conversation is really nice. So if you have a large family or a couple of people, you know, one-on-one -on -one, when you guys have a moment alone together, say, hey, you know what? I was just curious. I want to be mindful of, of not being on my phone too much. Do you think I'm on too much? And, and then don't be defensive. Yeah. Just wait to hear what they say. You know, they surveyed 6,000 kids and most of them said, my parents' worst habit is looking at the phone while we're talking, is being interrupted by the phone while we are in conversation. And so that is a huge thing for us to realize. So ask the people around you, you know, are you okay? And then you know too, like, oh, maybe it used to be your bedtime habit that you chatted with your husband. Like you talked and you laughed together and maybe you made love, you did different things. But now it's like, okay, we watch Netflix and fall asleep. Or, okay, now we look at our phones, we scroll through our phones, we are back to back, and then we fall asleep. And that's the new norm. Yeah. Then you kind of know, wait a minute, like these phones, that's... I didn't marry my phone, you know? So that's another. So just how is it impacting your personal relationships? And then the last thing I would say is just your sense of peace mm -hmm. and your that sense of joy that's, that is in you and God. Because a lot of times that when you're on too much and you're overwhelmed and you're looking and you're busy and all this. It's just... And think of the news headlines. You know, they are... They're there to make you get angry. You know, they're kind of positioned to kind of get a to rise out of you. And so if you're online too much, then ooh, your blood pressure is going up. You're just excited all the time. So just think of yourself. Am I peaceful? Am I calm? So are you productive? You know, how are your personal relationships going? And are you largely peaceful and calm? Now, obviously, you're not calm all the time of all your life. <laughs> but generally speaking, you know, are you able to feel calm or do you feel real jittery? And sometimes that comes from too much input 
news, social media, et cetera. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I especially like the uh, the one-on-one conversation that you suggested. Um, it can go either way, you know, sometimes yeah. we think we're on our phones too much or, or maybe somebody else in our family, they don't realize they're on their phone that much. Yep. And the thing is, is that it's so subtle and it's so slow in my mind. I think that it happens. It's not like we set out to say, gee, like you said, with your husband in bed at night, like, right. I don't want to talk to you at night. I'm just going to yeah. sit my phone and go to sleep. We don't right. do that. We don't totally. do that. We just yeah. slowly think, oh, you know what? Did that person respond to this? And oh, wait a minute. I never really saw that today, the news, or I wonder what she's doing. And it, before you know it, we're like, oh, I'm so tired. I need to go to bed. And then it just becomes right. a habit. So talk to us then about habits, because clearly we see that a lot of us struggle with this. So what are some simple ways that we can, without just, you know, getting rid of everything, right. going to the extreme, what are some simple habits and boundaries that we can put into our lives that you suggest? And I'm so glad you you asked this question because it is, we can have philosophy, like we can yeah. think, oh, you know, this is great and this makes sense. But until we make it a habit, which is yes. a repeatable behavior, you don't even have to think about anymore. Right. So not this thing that's this huge Herculean effort, but a new habit that's like, oh, I brush my teeth. That's easy. I'm used to that. Oh, Mm -hmm. I put away my phone at night. I'm used to that. It's a habit. So you're just trying to look for what are habits that I need to have in place. So in the book, Calm, Cool and Connected, Five Digital Habits uh, for a More Balanced Life, I will give you those five habits that I suggest and then kind of break it down to something that you could do today. So the H in habit is hold down the off button. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that your phone does go to sleep at some point in the day. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. A uh, is always put people first. And that would be the habit of the pivot that if a human being walks in your airspace, Mm -hmm. you actually pivot away from your laptop, your computer, your phone, your tablet, your pivot away as your habit to look that person in the eye so that they know, hey, I am more important than that device that you are looking at. So the the A is always put people first. The B in habit is brush daily. And it's the idea of living with a clean conscience that there's a lot of unsavory places that we can visit online. There are a lot of unkind words we can post anonymously online. So just that habit of asking yourself, Lord, you know, creating me a clean heart, search me, oh God, is, is there something I've done online today that I need to repent of? And you can pair that habit with brushing your teeth that, you know, you're mm-hmm. brushing your teeth and then you're also asking yourself, Hey, is there anything online that I did saw? that I really need to change before tomorrow, All right? So B is brush daily. Um, can, I, can I stop yeah, you right there to, just to talk about that? Because yeah. that I feel like is really an, an untapped topic <laughs> because we can, especially in the church, we can talk about, and it's very important, of course, to avert our eyes and to not go to certain sites or certain places right? Um, in terms of pornography. But... When you look at the social media feeds and you see some of these responses, you think, oh my goodness, how can these, you know, some, some of them are so, so biting and cruel and, and you, we don't think about that as also being pure. Right. Absolutely. So it, <laughs> it's so right. important. Yeah. So it's what you post. Would you say that in person? If yeah. You, if you disagree with someone, that's totally fine. You can disagree, but you sure. disagree respectfully. Right. You know, so would you actually get in front of someone's face and say it that way? I hope not. You know, it's like yeah. my, my mother yeah. raised you better, you know, that kind of thing. And so it is that idea of 
hey, I'm not going to hide behind an anonymous name. I will be myself, whether it's online or in real life. Yeah. And I will post the things that are constructive. It doesn't mean you always have to like every single thing that everybody else likes. Of course not. But you do it in a constructive way and you do it in a kind way, a courteous way. And you can tell in the same way that on the online world is not courteous. You know, you can see that just when you walk, you know, if you walk around um, high school and just listen to how people talk to each other, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, people are not very courteous anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of language. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cutting down people verbally, you know, and that's just all part of that online culture where courtesy is not a value anymore. So that's so mm-hmm. true for us to think, have we been courteous online, especially to the people that we disagree with? And, and you know, something like shopping, you know, pornography is obvious, like, okay, I should not be viewing pornography. That is yeah. obviously destructive, obviously sinful, but shopping, you know, I, I needed that. And then for many people, that can become a trap of too much shopping, whether it's I don't have the money for this, or I am just wasting a lot of time doing this. Yeah. So there are many online dangers, that is for sure. Right. And even talking about shopping, if you have, I was reading an article the other day about, um, I I don't remember the percentage, but it was some crazy percentage of people who spend their time at work, a significant part of their day on social media, doing other things that have nothing to do with work. And they can justify it and it's saying, oh, well, I'm resting or I'm taking a break or whatever. And we have to go, well, what? Again, having that clean conscience is you're being yes. paid for this. Like, um, what, you know, how does that, how does that fit into this? And, and so just, I, I love that. I love that, that little, keeping that, that the spirit just as part of all that we're doing and, and that we have to, we can't forget that he is with us always. And he's, he's there to, of course, encourage us and love us through anything and forgive us. But we also have to obey him and, and still follow him, even in online spaces where we may be a little bit more anonymous. So, yes, you know, that commandment, do not steal. It seems like we're like, oh, yeah, we don't steal. You know, I don't go into the candy store and put a chocolate bar in my pocket. I don't steal. But you look at that and you think, okay, if I am an employee and I'm working for somebody and I'm stealing their time, I'm stealing their money, then you realize, okay, wait a minute, this is not so good. And if you work for yourself, you know, you're also paying yourself and paying your family. And so just that idea of time, how you spend the time, how interesting to say like, okay, Lord, I don't want to steal anything. I want to be, you know, upfront and legit with how I'm using my time. Right. So it goes back to being intentional, like you're saying, yeah, like, so. you know, just like saying, I'm here to do this. And, you know, this is my other time where I'm going to do this other stuff. And when I'm online, I'm purposeful. I'm doing just this. So, yes. So continue on with these habits. This you have you have perfectly walked into the fourth habit, which is the <laughs> I inhabit. And it's I will go online with purpose. Oh, hey. And so on my computer, I have a little sticky note that says, what am I here to do? Uh, so it's just this idea of, okay, when I'm on my phone, when I'm on my tablet, when I'm on my computer, whatever it is, what am I here to do? I'm not just here to like kind of, oh, look at this and oh, look at that. And oh, that's interesting. You know, just I'm coming because I need to book a, a plane ticket. Yeah. So then you go and you book your plane ticket and then you're done. Or maybe you have a list of things to do. Yes. But it's just this idea of having purpose when you go online. And this is huge for kids. Like they can see it in your life and they they know, you know, it sounds like, oh, mommy or daddy, we're working. But they look and they're like, she's looking at movie reviews. Like, <laughs> they're like, 
that's that can't be their work, you know. Mm. So just modeling it yourself of being purposeful when you're on, it helps you keep accountable with the time that you're spending and also teaching your kids that, okay, uh, you know, because we struggle, the computers in our home are for homework, right? So yes. we don't have video games in the home. I have a high schooler, a junior higher, and a elementary school daughter. We don't, we've, we've always been this really weird family that we didn't have cable. We didn't have TV. So that wasn't a big deal. So if we watched something, it was very purposeful. It was like, oh, we're going to watch Hoosiers tonight. You know, so it's yeah. like it was with purpose. But with homework, of course, they can go to YouTube and they can start with a research project. Yes. And then it ends, you know, with a video about braiding hair or Nerf guns, you know. Yes. And, and part of some of that is okay, but that's all something we're trying to figure out. And so the latest iteration of that is, okay, you can have 15 minutes. You have a little cube timer with your computer. And if you want to fool around for 15 minutes, you can. But when that 15 minutes is off, then that's done. You have no more fool around time and you're either finishing your homework, you're off the computer. And then um, we instigated the siblings saying that if you see your sibling on the computer with that's like goofing <laughs> off and the and the timer's not working, like they haven't started the time, they're not employing that measure, that they can say, Oh, you're so busted. You oh man. So it's police <laughs> officers are police officers have been deputized. <laughs> but it's just this idea for all of us, like I'm here to do homework. So that's what you're supposed to be doing. Homework. Right. But we as adults, we struggle with this too. So it's the idea of what am I here to do? Go online with purpose. That's great. Yeah. No, that's great. And that's sometimes it's, it's great to, it's obviously great to have that perspective as this is my purpose. But sometimes we need to say, I don't want to be online purposefully right now. Like we're sitting in a lobby area with our children or we're um, waiting for a flight or we're whatever at the dinner table, obviously. So there's that intention of what do I want to be purposeful with it? And when do I want to purposefully not be with my online self? (laughs) And I love to think of your phone when you're out and about with your family as a hot potato. So when you are in the restaurant and you want to snap a picture, you snap a picture and then it's a hot potato and you get rid of it. You know, when you are checking your Google Maps and you're trying to do it, then it's Google Maps. You found your destination. Great. Now let's put it away. So just think of it like I need this thing not to be in my hands. I need to use it for whatever it is I need to use it for. And then I need to get it back in my pocket or my purse as soon as possible. And and really think of it that way because it's so easy just to hold your phone and you're out with your family and there's a little bit of dead time. So, okay, now I'm looking at it. And then your kid looks at you and they're like, oh, well, you're looking at your phone. Yeah. And maybe they pull out their phone, you know, and then all of a sudden... Yeah. The third person's like, well, those two are on their phone. I'll take out mine. (laughs) So it's this whole have a purpose for it. And when it doesn't have a purpose, like hot potato, you don't need it. Yes, that's great. No, that's great. And then of course, in our family, we have specific times, which I'm sure you do too, where it's just completely off limits, like at dinner time, at, time is really at a restaurant. It's a huge pet peeve of mine to, when I see people just on their phones, you know, all of them on their phones or kids watching a movie. I mean, that's just, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. I'm not saying oh, I've okay. never like shown my kid a movie on my phone, but it's in those kind of situations, it really is like, ah, you're here to go out and enjoy each other. Stop, stop. But it's hard. It, I, I mean, I know that pull because I think what you're ta- what it goes back to again is, is we're, we just aren't even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be aware that we are actually doing this and that we have a choice that we don't have to just respond 
to what, you know, our body is craving Mm -hmm. and to what we may think, Oh, I'm just going to do this. Like, you know, um, I had a friend recently, she went on a, a break from Facebook and she said that she took it off her phone itself because that's, you know, you just sit there and you start pressing, oh, you just have some dead time, like you said, and you press the button and there you go. Oh, what's going on? You're just scrolling. And she couldn't even believe how many times she picked up her phone during the day and went to like, as if she was going to post Facebook, but of course the app was gone. Right. And she was just like, oh my gosh, like you don't yeah. even realize. You don't know. Much. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. exactly. And then the last habit in the word habit is the T and it's take a hike. And it is the whole idea of, okay, I'm going to, whether it's, I'm going to take Facebook away from my phone or whatever, but I'm going to go outside and I'm actually going to get some fresh air and look at a tree and be okay. <laughs> you know? Cause it's this whole idea that, you know, the, the child of yesteryear, it was go to your room. That was an awful punishment. Right? Yeah. And today it's like, get outside without yeah, any kind of exactly. device. And they're like, what am I going to do there? Know. You know. Yeah. So this habit is just get yourself outdoors, get your kids outdoors and do that. And what's really funny, we have never had a pet and we never really thought of having a pet because it's so much work and all this. But about two years ago, something clicked and we got a dog. And we, we love our dog, Golden Doodle, named Winston. He's great. But one of the factors of getting the dog was my husband was like, we are inside way too much. Oh. And if we have a dog, it'll force us to get outside more because you have to walk the dog. And and he has, you know. So things like that just have habits that put you outside. And whenever the weather is permitting, you know, that you take a walk around the block, that you plan a date where you are outside, that you plan, a, you know, your next vacation to be a national park, you know, things like that. Because both for adults and for kids, it is so restoring to be in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God. Mm. And when you breathe in and you look up at the sky and you're outside, my son, Ethan, he's in ninth grade. And one of the things that I love that he's been involved in is a group called Royal Rangers. And it's through our oh, church. It's like Boy yeah, Scouts with yeah. Bible. And he's done this ever since he was like four years old, you know, and now he's 14 and they go camping several times a year. And I just love it. And he looks yeah. forward to it. And I think for boys and girls, just to be out in nature is so restoring and refreshing and so good. So for us as as parents too, um, I even saw like a study that even just getting up from your desk, because imagine you're sitting stationary, or even if you're at a standing desk, you're stationary and you're looking at your computer. So just taking a five-minute break to go outside, kind of refocus, look at something else, take a deep breath all of that, that that's better. That helps you to be more productive, more awake. And I have found that to be true. So get outside, make that a habit without your phone. Right. Without your phone. Yeah, no, me as well. And in fact, I think it's not only just being outside, but the, the, the literal fact of moving I, I, I went to, through that yesterday, just as an example, I was, had been working for like six hours and had calls and all these things. And then I, I thought I have not <laughs> even gone outside at all today. Like I need exactly. to go and when just that, the, I, I mean, I knew I had more things to do, of course, but I said, no, I'm stopping. I'm feeling tired. I'm starting to slow down a little bit. I'm going to go and take a quick walk. I literally walked to the end yeah. of my street and back. Exactly. And energizing. There's just that little bit of being in nature, being yeah. outside, getting the sunshine. And I was like, oh, wow, gee, that's amazing. Yeah. So you I have to, you just have to go to the mailbox. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Oh, yeah. Because we think, oh, well, I have to go drive for a hike, you know, dramatic about it. But it's like, no, just get out. Just 
get away from it for a second and, and to breathe and to look absolutely up. you don't have to change your clothes you have to put another outfit on just yeah yeah just for a yeah. little bit in fact, i was in my pj pants walking up and down my street yesterday <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty awesome and then of course you can run into the neighbor and you're like hey oh, oh hi anyway, <laughs> i'm just having your having a walk well that's i mean this is obviously great to talk about it but it's very overwhelming to think about like, how am I supposed to do all these things at once? So how can we do this in a realistic baby step kind of way that it doesn't feel like I will never be able to do all of that? That's too hard. Let's ask this question. So of the different things we've talked about, what has really resonated with you, you know, as you're, as you, the listener have been hearing this and what is frustrating you about technology? So for instance, if it's man, we at the dinner table, like my kids can't do a dinner table without a tablet. Like if we're going out to dinner, like they have to have the tablet. Or when we're eating dinner at home, my husband's always on his phone or we've got the TV on in the background. So that's a great place to start is look at your meal time. What is that like? And how can we work to make that screen free? So I would say that is a first step. And just pick one thing okay. that you want to do. Because if you leave this conversation and you're like, Oh, great. I'm going to do, I'm going to start doing this. And I'm going to, we're going to clean up this meal time. I'm going to start taking my walk every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go online always with purpose. It's going to get all convoluted and you'll yeah. be like, I did nothing. So yeah. just pick one thing and I'll give you a choice like that. It might be meal time. It might be charging your phone not in your room overnight. Mm. So if you're not an emergency worker and you can put your phone in another room, that will save you from getting up in the middle of the night to groggily check your phone and that'll give you a better night's sleep. That will save you from scrolling you know, through your social media instead of looking at your spouse if you're married. So mm-hmm. that is a wonderful habit. Just charge your phone outside of your bedroom and insist that your kids of all ages, mm-hmm. as long as they live under your roof. And I would say, you know, if you've got a college student, you probably need to have a talk with them about that. But, you know, high school and younger, that you've got that power to say, okay, I pay for that phone. I put a roof over your head and your little phone is staying with me overnight, you know, and your 12 year old, 15 year old, 18 year old isn't going to be like, well, that, why hadn't I thought of that? Because I've been really sleepy at school <laughs> and super irritable. And I bet that, you know, no, they're going to no. be like, you are so unfair. You're yeah. the meanest person. <laughs> My friends will think that I hate them because I'm not responding. <laughs> and when I go to school, I'll be so out of the loop. And we do homework at night, mom. You know, oh, so they're yeah. going yeah, to say all, all this stuff to you and you're just going to need to be ready. So um, phones out of the bedrooms at night. I think that is a great habit. Maybe you're going to walk away from this conversation and say, I'm going to ask my loved ones, am I on the phone too much? Yeah. So just think, you know, what's your one thing that you're going to do and make it so specific that you know, one week from now, you'll be able to report back. Did I do it or didn't I do it? So don't just say like, I'll look at my phone less. Because we have no idea if you really looked at your phone mm-hmm. less. But mm-hmm. if you say, I'm not going to look at my phone during mealtime, then you'll know at the end of the week, did I do it? You know, yeah. did I mess up on Friday? You know, yeah. so make it very specific and pick one thing. And I would add to that and say, notice how you feel after doing that. Yes. How did that change something in you? Was it hard to do that? Was it easier than you thought? 
Or, you know, did you have a great conversation with someone else, like you said, at the dinner table because of that? And you noticed that, oh, maybe this is why we've been having difficulty communicating with our teenager or something because we're all busy on our phones or whatever. You know, noticed what shifted in you, bad or good, as you did that. And keep that as fuel as you're moving forward and and welcoming in more habits to say, yeah, that's what I want. So that's why I want to move towards. So Yes, you're going to increase your satisfaction. You're like kind of looking at it in this afterglow of like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah, That was much better how that went. That was actually a very satisfying habit because the habits we find satisfying, we will repeat. And so we do want to create a satisfying event experience when we make this change so that we're like, hey, we can do that. I slept really good last night, you know, without my phone and my bedside. That was awesome. I I should do that again. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it's important for for all of us, because we're all in different stages of this. Some of us are, you know, quote, more addicted than others to our phones to have grace for those around us. Because sometimes when we make these huge shifts or even a baby shift where we're like, oh, we're not going to have phones at the table. Like, ah, like that could be World War Three in your house. You know, you just don't know. Or you tell your husband, I really want us to not have our phones next to our beds at night. I mean, that could be huge. And yeah. We have to, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to myself too, just like we have to be aware that we can, we can, God has to do the work in each of us in our own mm-hmm. time. And we need to give others space to, to come on this journey when they're ready too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you lead by example, by yeah. what you're modeling. I would say with your younger kids, that it is the arm of the law. You know, oh, your your little kids sure. might not come along with you, but with your older kids, then it's, hey, let's talk about this. More when of you a conversation. About this. Yeah. yeah. And that it is, you know, sometimes it's an apology. Like, hey, I've been letting you play video games for three hours a day because it kept you out of my hair and it kept you happy. But I'm reading this research that it's not great for your brains. I'm seeing that your grades in school aren't, aren't doing very well. And so I'm really sorry that I've kind of drop the ball on this. And from now on, from next week, we're going to switch to one hour a week. Right. You know, so it, you know, and again, your child isn't going to be like, okay, I accept this. You yeah, know, they're still your mother for, for you. loving me so much. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But it is that way of trying to show yeah. them, you right. know, I'm working on this too. And here's our new normal that we're going to start. Yes. All right. Well, I want to close our conversation with one last thing. And at this ministry, at this website, Vibrant Christian Living, we talk a lot about John 10.10, which is yeah. that I have come to have life and to give you life to the fullest. So I've, I've come to give you life and give you life to the fullest. And so how can maintaining these good digital habits really help us to discover that more vibrant Christian life? I think very simply, there's so many ways, amazing ways to answer that question, right? You know, because mm-hmm. there's so much life and joy and many times that joy that your joy may be full, that joy is impeded by too much time online, too many video games, you got the blahs because you watch Netflix for eight hours and now you just feel like, oh, you know, so there's all that. But the point that I want to make is like God wants us to be productive. You know, like we're kind of wired that way. We're wired to work. We're wired Mm, to nurture. We're wired to do things. 
And a lot of times online, we become consumers. We just sit passively while we are watching things. Hmm. You know, I read of uh, what they were saying was kids used to do hobbies, like they used to have hobbies. Now they watch YouTube videos about Ooh, people who have hobbies. But that's they, so interesting. Oh my gosh, that hobby. Right. So yeah. Right. So let's say I'm a skateboarder and yeah. I used to spend all this time skateboarding, but you know, it got kind of tough and I got a little discouraged and I started watching these really cool YouTube videos of skateboarders. And now I spend my time watching skateboarding videos, but I don't really spend a whole lot of time like like kind of doing that myself, like my own craft. And you see that, like it makes sense that all of a sudden we're consuming, we're learning about the things we're interested in, but we're not doing them. Hmm. And so I kind of see that as that God gave you life abundant and the life abundant is going out, it's creating, it's doing, it's learning, it's making mistakes, it's getting better, it's being out with people, it's learning how to be in conversation, it's learning skills, it's learning how to do carpentry, whatever it is, like you're actually doing things. Yeah. And I really see like with young people, they're not doing things, they're watching things. Mm. So their skills are coming down, their mm. emotional ability to connect with people, talk with people, have conversations, their empathy, all that's coming down. And that's not the abundant life that God has for us. There's so much more than that. And I fear that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it's going to be just a bunch of people watching screens and consuming and not really living up to, can you imagine, you know, God didn't create you just sit in front of a screen, like strap on a virtual reality headset and have a nice life. Like God didn't create you for that. God created you to find out what's my purpose in this world. What is God's calling for my life? What is the special thing that God has entrusted me to do in this body of believers in this world to reach it that no one else can do, you know, or whatever, like you're supposed to be seeking that. And that's the abundant life with purpose and excitement. So I think that implication of technology is very sobering for the Christian community and something we have to guard our children against. And we're going to look really weird doing it, you know, <laughs> but then in 20 years, everyone's going to look pretty weird with their little virtual reality sets on because they, can't, because they don't know how to order a hamburger from a real person. You know, that's yeah. going to be really yeah. weird. So right. it's okay for your kids to be weird if they're not doing everything that everyone else is doing because yeah. you do want them to be creating and not just passively consuming. Right. And I, it's, that's so powerful. And I, I would be interested to see the brain science behind that because I've heard that once we, it's almost like we can imagine something and we say mm-hmm. that we're going to do something in our brain, somehow it, it tracks it as, oh, I did that. So mm-hmm. in our mind, it might be, oh yeah, I skateboard somehow. I mean, they're right, not right. really going to say that, but they're like, yeah. I've done skateboarding or I've, I've, I've done that because they've watched it. And that is, that's, that's just so true. But yes, I, I totally agree with you that that's, that's so important. Well, this is such an important topic. And I know that you have a lot more to say about it. So where can these ladies go to learn more about you and about all yeah. the great things you have to say about social media and being online? Yeah, you can find any of my books where books are sold, whether that's Amazon or Christian Book Distributor, etc. And then you can go to my website, which is simply my name, ArlenePelicane.com. I'm sorry that my name is so hard to spell. It has two L's in <laughs> Pelicane. 
But at DarlenePelican.com, you can go there and there are different quizzes. So you can kind of take a quiz like, how calm, cool, and connected are you? So you can kind of easily assess your digital habits and where you fall in that spectrum of like, oh my goodness, I'm so addicted to my phone or oh my goodness, no one can reach me because I don't care about my phone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can find quizzes and different free resources at my website. And the book is Calm, Cool, and Connected. Five Digital Habits for a More Balanced Life or for your children that you are concerned like, oh my goodness, my children, that book would be Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World, co-authored with Dr. Gary Chapman. Yes, wonderful. Such great resources and so important, not just for parents, but for us individuals, because like you said, we have to be the ones modeling it Mm -hmm. to our kids and to our families. So thank you again so much for being with us and for sharing all of this. It was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for having me. So what did you think? What were the things that really stood out to you in that conversation? And where did you feel God tugging at your heart? Like, oh man, I need to do that. There were a few places for me. And after thinking about it, I think the way that I'm deepening myself in in creating these boundaries is to say that I'm going to have specific times a day where I will be on social media and specific times a day when I won't. And I'm going to keep those limited to specific timeframes so that I'm not feeling like I have to check every five seconds. And I've started doing this over the last few days. And it's been really an interesting experiment because we feel like, you know, oh, I've got this under control. I don't really check that often. And then you feel that urge, like she was talking about that dopamine rush, I think, you know, like, oh, well, I'll just wonder if they're there. I wonder if anybody responded to that. I mean, you just get this whole, aha. And so it's been good. It's been really good for me to say, no, this is it. I'm checking in the morning after I have checked my email and after I've had my, but after I've had my quiet time, right? It's going to be after these other priorities in my life. And I also check at the end of the day as I'm closing up kind of a part of a a shutdown that I do in the day. So I just think having these boundaries is really important. So let me know what you got out of this, what resonated with you, what you, what takeaways you got. And you, like I said, can reach out to me on Instagram. It's at Vibrant Christian Living. You can send me a direct message or just respond to one of the messages there. Or you can email me directly at alicia at vibrantchristianliving.com. And I'd love to hear from you. You can also go to the website to find the show notes for this episode. And that's going to be vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash episode dash 23. And so I will have a link to Arlene's work there. You can go to her website. You can see some of the books that she has. And you can get some of those additional resources to continue to learn more about what she's doing. Well, have a great week, friend. I look forward to hearing from you on Instagram and letting me know what you're going to be doing to step out to find more boundaries and and really to create more space in your life in this area of the whole online world. I will chat with you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you were encouraged or inspired by what was shared today, I would love it if you could take two seconds and leave an honest review on iTunes. I love hearing from you, and these reviews help others find the podcast. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now, and I will see you back here next week.